Hi, I'm Phyllis. And I'm Julie, and welcome to That's So Deep. So this is the podcast where we try to root out loneliness one conversation at a time. And today we're talking about boundaries. And this is actually going to be a two-part episode where we discuss boundaries and people-pleasing because you can't really discuss one without discussing the other. So this week we're going to talk mostly about boundaries, and next week, tune in, we're going to talk about people-pleasing. So I was curious, like, where did you first learn about boundaries or lack of boundaries? I have five siblings. Mm-hmm. I am number five of six. And that's chaos in a house. It can be, right? <laughs> right. It's, it's a little chaotic. Um, I'm in this house with seven other people, with my parents. Oh, my God. And... We had one bathroom. No. Yep. We had one bathroom. My parents, uh, when my sister was like nine days old, my little sister was nine days old, they moved into a farmhouse. My dad had bought a farmhouse on an auction. And it's mm-hmm. it's not a farmhouse anymore. It's right on the edge of this small town. So it was a farm at one point, but it's been on the edge of town. Anyway, my dad purchased this house. They moved into the into the house that I grew up in, essentially. Mm-hmm. One bathroom, four bedrooms, and then in the unfinished basement, there was a shower in the corner. Oh. The shower was just in out in the open. There was no curtain. There was no, there were no walls. It was, oh, it, it was like, a, it was just out in the open. And so we had to open the door at the top of the stairs and listen to see if the shower was running. <laughs> Or yell down, is it safe to come down? Right. <laughs> or whatever. I remember walking down one time. I was quite young and my brother was just buck naked. He had just gotten out of the shower and was like, uh, get out of here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry. Like, <laughs> this is, yeah. I remember one of my brothers when I was in the bathroom walking in on me because he wanted to brush his teeth. My oldest brother is 10 years older than me. So when you think about that difference in age, when he was a teenager, I was very young. Right. So for him to just walk in and it was kind of a game to him. That's what it felt like to Mm. respect my privacy, respect my space. Right. I don't know if I really understood boundaries, but Mm. I did on some level, I suppose, that it doesn't feel good when I am sitting on the toilet that you just walk in. Right. It was a small house and there yeah. were, you know, we had to share the space. We had you to share had the to. space. Right. Now, once we all graduated from high school and were out of the house, my parents finished the basement and put another bathroom down there <laughs> with doors <laughs> and walls. <laughs> but that does set the stage, I think. Yeah, for sure. For, for privacy, for boundaries, personal space. Yeah. Not so much you know, making decisions that are mine, but just personal space. Yeah, there's, I think there's like physical boundaries, personal space, and there's like mental boundaries, emotional Mm -hmm. boundaries, financial Mm -hmm. boundaries. So my family, um, my parents are immigrants from Hong Kong, which is this giant metropolis. And it's like super crowded. There's people everywhere. 
remember trying to describe to my husband, I'm like, when you go to Hong Kong, it's like you cross the street with 100 people. And yeah, he thought, I can't he, imagine that. Yeah, like he thought I was exaggerating. And then he, we went together, I think when we were still dating, we went to Hong Kong together. And he's like, oh my gosh, here I am crossing the street with 100 people, you know? It's just so, <laughs> it's so crowded. And everybody has these like little flats and apartments, you know, they call them flats because they were colonized by Britain. So they have a lot of British language um, in Hong Kong. And my parents went in 1977, they went to Canada. So they immigrated to Canada where there was much more space, but they still kind of lived in a way that was how they were brought up. So like everything was just kind of corporate and like shared. So I remember not feeling a ton of privacy in our home, even though we had kind of big home. Like I think there were probably four bedrooms and a couple bathrooms and there was an upstairs and a downstairs. But like it was not uncommon for my mom just to like open the door into my room and be like, dinner's ready or what are you doing? You know, just open my door without knocking. And then I was just kind of used to it. And so I remember, actually remember this, we moved into um, a different home in Canada still. And I had my own like Jack and Jill bathroom. It was like between mm-hmm. my room and like this, uh, we called it the study where my brother and I did our homework, but it had locking doors. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited about this because I have a door that locks. Like it was so exciting to just have that separation and not have somebody barge in on me. And so I remember I decorated it with like pink rug and like <laughs> <laughs> it was my, it was like technically my bathroom. Hmm. And it was small and it was like everything I needed. I was like, this is what I need. I need to sit here and read my Archie comics. And (laughs) in terms of physical boundaries, it's interesting because we did have this space, but like my parents didn't grow up like having that. So I think we were kind of still raised with the mentality of not really having that much space or that Mm -hmm. much division between one another. How do you define boundaries? Yes. I have heard boundaries defined as where you end and somebody else begins, which is a very simple definition. I would also add to that boundaries is when you have real ownership of your yes and your no. And there is this idea that you cannot really, really say yes unless you can really, really say no. Mm. So, because if you say yes to everything, then you haven't really wrestled with a decision or like wrestled with a boundary. I think that's true. I think that's actually true. Is that if you can't really say no, then you can't really say yes. What do you think? I think... Boundaries are decisions that are for my highest good. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I just pulled that out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say more about that? <laughs> I think that setting boundaries is making decisions based on what is the very best for me, what is for my highest good, what will lift me, what will will not deplete me, but give me energy, mm-hmm. will give me life, will give me fuel. Mm-hmm. 
And sometimes that's saying no. Sometimes it's saying yes. Sometimes it's taking a nap. Sometimes it's eating chocolate. Lots of times it's eating chocolate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think that's how I want to think about boundaries. Mm. That it's not necessarily about other people, but it's about me. So are you good at boundaries? <laughs> I think the older I get, the better I am at them. Mm -hmm. I think the older I get, the less I give a shit mm. <laughs> about making other people happy. But I think that's, you know, life lessons. I think it's life lived, mm -hmm. being burned. I've put energy into friendships that are one-sided. Yeah. And then I realized this is really one-sided and that's not going to work for me. If you're going to be my friend, you got to give a little too. Mm -hmm. so, so what does a like, one-sided friendship look like? A one-sided friendship will be where one person has needs, expresses mm. those needs. Yeah. The other person comes in to meet the needs. Mm. But then when I have needs, they aren't met. They aren't met. Do you have an example? Okay. So let's say a friend says, I haven't seen you in a long time. Let's have dinner. Mm -hmm. Let's have lunch. Let's have a drink, right? Okay, great. This is where I have lost my boundaries. Okay, this is where I'm mm -hmm. bad at boundaries. Mm -hmm. You have asked me, you have said to me, let's have lunch. And so then I take it upon myself to arrange said lunch. Mm -hmm. Where we're going to go, what time, what day, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next time, oh, we should have lunch. Mm -hmm. So then I'm the one to <laughs> arrange the lunch, right? So after a while, I was like, you know what? If you want to have lunch, arrange the freaking lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I keep arranging the lunches that someone else is asking for? Yeah. Yeah. So you find yourself putting out a lot more of the effort. Yeah. And I've had friendships where the conversation is always about the one person. Mm -hmm. So I will be asking questions, inquiring, asking follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. But then it's not reciprocated. Like zero questions are asked of me. Zero follow-up is asked of me. Or if they ask a question about me, it always then gets turned around to something about them. Maybe it's just not great boundaries to have friends like that in your life. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> yep. Those friends are no longer really in the picture. <laughs> so I've had friendships that are very passive aggressive. Mm. And that would be the, we should have lunch, but never taking control and planning the lunch. Or, oh, I miss you so much. I'm going to be in town. We should see each other. But waiting for me to make that plan. Yeah. Like, so why, I guess, why do you make the plan? I don't know. It's a people-pleasing <laughs> thing, right? It's probably a people-pleasing thing. <laughs> it probably is a people-pleasing thing. Yeah. A lot of times it's like a new a new friendship that's yeah like trying to be formed. And so. So you're like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Once you clue in, so maybe the boundary in that is just to be like, okay, and now I'm going to say no. If they will put forth the effort, yes, then we can continue. But if yes. they say, hey, we should have lunch sometime, you, you, maybe your boundary is, yes, we should. Yep. And that's what's happened. I have, yeah. I have stopped making the plans. Yeah. Setting the boundary is recognizing that this is not the kind of relationship that I want in my life. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Are you good at boundaries? 
Am I good at boundaries? Well, I think I have typically been not great at boundaries because I just want to speak in defense of all nurturers out there and open-hearted people that it's really hard for people like us to Mm -hmm. make boundaries because we're trying to give. We're trying to give to the world. You know, we're trying to give to the people we love and our friends and our family. And so sometimes I would like the world to be less boundaried. Like, I don't want to step back. I want you to step forward. Yeah. That's what I want. Say that again. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to step back. I want you to step up, baby. You know, I want people to step up. I'm like, join me in the corporate. You know, let's take our fences down and let's have a big old backyard party. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I feel about boundaries sometimes is like, you know, if there's like this really kind of lovely give and take and I don't know. It would be, I I sometimes think that would be a nicer place to live. So what you're describing, you know, I was kind of pressing you a little bit about your friendships, but what you're describing (laughs) is, is not an unfamiliar dynamic to me. That has happened to me many, many times, but it's like, I, I really generally just love people, I think. And I get really excited about people. And so when I meet new people and they're just so interesting, they have this whole story. And Mm -hmm. so then I tend to give a lot and I'm really interested and excited and I make people feel really comfortable. You know, I'm like, I want to be your friend. And again, after a while, it can feel like, wait a second, they love being around me, but they're not curious about me. I am also interesting. Yeah. (laughs) You know? I'm not always like an advice giver, but I do I do listen, I think, and, you know, I can point people to resources if they need it or something. But I think like, yeah, it has felt imbalanced at times. And then and then I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm carrying the whole friendship. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, well, this isn't going to work. And then I'm all bummed out disappointed. So then I have to take a step back and then I have to form a boundary. And I think what's hard about that is because I was like, here I am. I'm ready. I'm willing to connect. And they may not be in that place. So I had an expectation of a certain level of connection. So I was willing to put my boundary down only to discover that, oh, our like connector plugs don't work the same way. (laughs) So I kind of have to like unplug, take a step back and reassess, reevaluate the relationship, which is always a bit of a bummer. It ends up being okay, but like you kind of, because I'm unwilling to do the work, then the relationship becomes not as deep as I wanted. So, and there's, there may be resentment on the other end. Like, why isn't she right here anymore? Yeah. 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 And it's not fair to those people too. Maybe I need to ease into Ease into it. Ease into your boundary. (laughs) One pull up at a time. Yeah. I think some people are really quite good at that, is easing into friendships, you know, being like, start with the boundary. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like, like easing into the boundary. (laughs) Because once, once you realize it's one sided, you just throw that boundary up. Yeah. I yeah. thought you meant the other way. Okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. No, I think like approaching friendships, like I think it's good to maybe have a boundary mm-hmm. first and then like slowly remove it. Take it away if you need to. Take it away yeah. if you need to. It's just not exactly how I roll. 
I think you're right, though. I think it's hard when you're an open-hearted person and open-minded and nurturing. You just come, all the children, come and be safe with me, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a different topic. There was this article on this website called Choosing Therapy, and it talked about the 10 tips for setting healthy boundaries. And it was written by this uh, LMFT named Nicole Arst. And she talks about one, the first thing she says is to list your most important priorities. Like what is non-negotiable to you and what are your hard limits and rules that you refuse to bend. I actually have a boundary that I don't ever want members of my family to comment on my daughter's appearance, Mm. specifically her body. Like they can say, you're beautiful. You know, um, I love how your hair looks. That's a great shirt. Like those are all fair game. But as soon as it goes into like any sort of critique, then I'm like, "Mm -mm," I cut it off. And this all comes from, it comes from like how I was raised in Chinese culture and Asian culture in general. It's like a high value to be extremely thin. And I remember growing up watching all these like Miss Hong Kong pageants. So my parents are immigrants from Hong Kong and we would watch these Miss Hong Kong pageants and they would like show all of the measurements of the girls. They probably (gasps) do this in like Miss America. I don't know if they do this in Miss America, but they would show the measurements of the bust, the waist and the hips. And that feels like 1932. I know. It feels so old. Yeah. You know, and they would list their weight like oh how much gosh. they weigh and their height. And it yeah. was just, and I would watch it every year. And yep. then I remember aunts and uncles being like, Phyllis, you're so pretty. You should go be Miss Hong Kong. And then I'm like, yeah, but I'm fat. So I oh, can't no. be Miss Hong Kong. That's totally what I thought. I'm like, you haven't seen what's underneath these clothes. I'm like too fat to be Miss Hong Kong. So like that was the message that I received about my body. And it was just so critical. It was so specific. I remember taking a measuring tape and like measuring myself. And I'm like, whoa, Mm -hmm. their waist is like so small. Mine is like six inches bigger. (laughs) Like (laughs) I was just like, and they weigh like 30 pounds less than I do, right? They look kind of malnourished if you really Mm. look at them, you know? I mean, they're they're beautiful women, but like I just feel like they are underweight, which they probably yeah. are, you know, but that is such a high value. It was such a high value at the time, like in my culture. And generally, like, you know, Asians are like smaller too. And so I just remember thinking about that. And like, because my family watched it, then I was watched these pageants and would comment on it. And we'd all gather around the TV. Like it felt like this must be very important. Mm. It must be very important to be thin and to look like this. And I just always felt like I'm not measuring up to this standard. I will never, ever look like this. Like, I eat a lot of rice. I won't ever meet the standard. It's taken a long time for me to, you know, get some confidence about how I look and how I'm valuable regardless of how my body looks and that I am beautiful like all of those messages, it just took a long time. It took kind of a lot of healing. So it's a boundary because I don't want my daughter to have to go through that. Mm. I don't want her to have to ever question her value because of how her body looks. 
it's hard enough with society airbrushing models. Totally. Telling us what's perfect. Right. Let alone our families telling us. Yeah. Judging us on our bodies. The reason I have that boundary is because my children love and trust my parents and they love and trust whoever I is in our family. Right. And so if they're bringing these like values to my children, like, oh, your arms are big or wow, look at your acne on your face or something like that, you know, then then my kids, because they love and trust my family, they're going to think that whatever they say matters. And so that's the reason I'm like, that's why the boundary is there, because my kids will carry whatever it is that you bring to them. So bring Mm. them other stuff. You know, let's talk about how my daughter loves math and loves reading and is really strong and is really flexible and has a great arm, you know, and like throws real hard. And like, let's talk about how she's a great swimmer and how she's really a good trier. You know, all these things that you can compliment other than her body. And the other part of the boundary is that I don't have magazines laying around in my house. I'd have no no magazines, none of the magazines that I grew up with because I don't want any of those pictures in my in my daughter's head. And we don't have cable TV. We mostly have like Netflix and, you know, YouTube Red where I can censor the ads because she's going to get enough of that elsewhere. You know, she mm. needs to know that her home is safe from a lot of that messaging. So that is for sure like a really hard and fast boundary that I keep. So that was a great conversation again. And we have a takeaway for everybody. What's our takeaway, Phyllis? Our takeaway. So I wanted to ask our listeners, what are some non-negotiable, hard and fast boundaries that you have. So we kind of want you to think about like, what are certain things that you, you know, just kind of put your foot down and it's maybe a big fence, like this is non-negotiable. And then we kind of want you to think about what some boundaries are that are maybe a bit more flexible. Maybe there's a gate and you can open it up now and then. And what would those be? Because I do think that they're different, and I think it's important to delineate between the two. Because if there's a hard and fast boundary, then you want to keep it. You don't You don't want that one to move, you know? And it's good to know exactly what that is. Kind of like what I was talking about with conversations surrounding my daughter's body. That really is a, it's an important one for me, and I'm not going to move that one for mm-hmm. anybody. But I do have other boundaries that are a little bit more flexible. Great. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. And we'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. So one last thing before we go, if you liked this podcast, let us know by giving us a like. Or if you think that our podcast could help somebody or could add value to their life, then give us a share. And if you don't want to miss an episode, click the bell so that you can be notified right away when the next episode releases. We love you and we can't wait for our next deep conversation. Bye for now.